0: The Mandates of Shepherd of Hermas by Hermas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. First Mandate First of all, believe that there is one God, the Creator and Framer of all things, who made all things to be out of that which was not, and comprehendeth all things, and is alone incomprehensible. Believe therefore in Him, and fear Him, and fearing him be continent. These things observe, and thou shalt cast away all wickedness from thee, and thou shalt put on every virtue of righteousness, and shalt live unto God, if thou keep this commandment. Second Mandate He said to me, Hold to simplicity, and be without guile, and thou shalt be as little children which know not the wickedness that destroyeth the life of men. First speak evil of no man, neither hearken gladly to one that speaketh evil. Else thou also that hearkenest shalt be guilty of the sin of him that speaketh the evil. If so be, thou believe the slander which thou hearest. For if thou believe it, thou wilt thyself also have somewhat against thy brother. So shalt thou be guilty of the sin of the slander. Slander is mischievous, it is an unruly devil, never at peace, but always dwelling in dissensions. Keep thyself therefore from it, and thou shalt be in harmony always with all men, and put on reverence, wherein is no evil offence, but all is plain and pleasant. Work the thing that is good, and of thy labors which God giveth thee, give liberally to all that need, not doubting, to whom thou should give or not give. Give to all, for God would have us give to all out of his own gifts. They therefore who receive shall give an account to God, whereof they received and to what end. For such as receive, because they are straitened, shall not be brought into judgment. But they who receive in hypocrisy shall pay the price. So then, the giver is guiltless, for as he had it from the lord to perform the ministry so he performed it in simplicity making no distinction to whom to give or not give such service performed simply is honourable with god he therefore who thus ministereth simply shall live unto god keep then this commandment as i have said unto thee that thou and thy house may be found sincere in your repentance AND THY HEART PURE AND UNDEFILED. THIRD MANDATE Again he said unto me, Love truth, and let all be truth which proceedeth out of thy mouth, that the Spirit which God made to dwell in this flesh may be found true with all men. And so the Lord who dwelleth in thee shall be glorified. For the Lord is true in every word, and with him is no lie they therefore who lie deny the lord and become robbers of the lord not yielding up to him the deposit which they received for they received from him a spirit void of falseness if they return this falsified they have defiled the commandment of the lord and become robbers now when i heard these things i wept bitterly and seeing me weep he said why weepest thou because sir quoth i I KNOW NOT WHETHER I CAN BE SAVED WHEREFORE QUOTH HE BECAUSE SIR QUOTH I NEVER YET IN MY LIFE SPAKE I A TRUE WORD BUT I LIVED ALWAYS knavishly WITH ALL MEN AND DISPLAYED MY FALSEHOOD AS TRUTH TO ALL NOR DID ANY ONE EVER GAINSAY ME BUT MY WORD WAS BELIEVED HOW THEN SIR QUOTH I CAN I LIVE WHEN I HAVE DONE THESE THINGS thou thinkest well and truly quoth he for it were fit that thou as a servant of god shouldest walk in truth and that an evil conscience should not dwell with the spirit of truth nor bring grief upon the reverent and true spirit never before sir quoth i did i hear such words aright now therefore that thou hearest quoth he keep them TO THE END THAT EVEN THOSE THINGS WHICH THOU SPAKEST FALSELY IN THY BUSINESS MAY BECOME TRUSTY, NOW THAT THIS IS FOUND TRUE, FOR EVEN THOSE MAY BECOME TRUSTY, IF THOU KEEP THESE THINGS, AND FROM HENCEFORTH SPEAK ALL TRUTH, THOU shalt BE ABLE TO GAIN LIFE FOR THYSELF, AND WHOSO SHALL HEAR THIS COMMANDMENT, AND KEEP HIMSELF FROM THAT MOST WICKED THING, FALSEHOOD, SHALL LIVE UNTO GOD fourth mandate chapter one i charge thee quoth he to observe purity and to let no thought about another man's wife or about any fornication or the likeness of any such evil things enter thy heart for by doing this thou committest great sin whereas if thou remember always thine own wife thou shalt never fall into sin but if this imagination enter thy heart thou wilt fall into sin, or should other, like evil thought, thou committest sin. For this imagination is great sin to a servant of God, and if one do this evil thing, he worketh death to himself. See therefore that thou keep thyself from this thought. For where modesty dwelleth, there iniquity should not come into the heart of a righteous man. I said to him, Sir, suffer me to ask thee a few things. Say on, quoth he. Sir, quoth I, If one have a wife that is faithful in the Lord, and he find her in some adultery, doth then the husband sin if he live with her? During ignorance, quoth he, he sinneth not. But if the man come to know of her sin, and the wife repent not but continue in her fornication, and the man live with her, he becometh guilty of her sin, and a partner in her adultery. What then, sir, quoth I, should the man do, if the woman continue in this passion? Let him put her away, quoth he, and let the husband abide alone. But if when he hath put away his wife, he marry another, then he likewise committeth adultery. But if, sir, quoth I, after the wife hath been put away she repent and desire to return to her own husband shall she not be received yea verily quoth he if the husband receive her not he sinneth and bringeth great sin upon himself he that has sinned and repenteth must be received yet not often for to the servants of god there is but one repentance for the sake of her repentance therefore the husband ought not to marry Thus the case standeth with both wife and husband. And not only, quoth he, is it adultery if a man defile his flesh, but whoso doth things after the similitude of the heathen likewise committeth adultery. So then, if a man continue in such deeds and repent not, refrain from him, and company not with him. Otherwise thou also art a partaker of his sin. For this cause ye are bidden to abide alone, whether husband or wife, for in such matters there may be repentance. Now hereby, quoth he, I give not occasion that this thing should be consummated, but that he who hath sinned may sin no more. As for his former sin, there is one who can give healing, for it is he that hath the power over all things. Chapter 2. I asked him again, saying, Since the Lord counted me worthy, that thou shouldest always dwell with me, bear with yet a few words from me, for I understand nothing, and my heart is grown dull from my former doings. Give me understanding, for I am very foolish, and apprehend nothing at all. He answered and said to me, I am set over repentance, and to all who repent I give understanding. Seemeth it not to thee that this very repenting is understanding? to repent quoth he is great understanding for he that sinned then understandeth that he hath done what is evil in the sight of the lord and the deed that he hath committed cometh into his mind and he repenteth and no longer worketh evil but worketh good lavishly and humbleth and tormenteth his own soul because he sinned thou seest therefore that repentance is great understanding for this cause sir quoth i do I inquire diligently of thee about all things? Because first I am a sinner, and then I know not what things I should do that I may live. For my sins are many in number and manifold. Thou shalt live, quoth he, if thou keep my commandments and walk in them. And whosoever heareth these commandments and keepeth them shall live unto God. Chapter 3 I will ask yet something more, sir, quoth I. Say on, quoth he. I have heard, sir, quoth I, from certain teachers, that there is no other repentance than that one, when we went down into the water and received remission of our former sins. He said to me, Thou didst rightly hear, for so it is. He who hath received remission of sins must sin no more, but dwell in purity. Howbeit, seeing thou inquirest diligently about all things i will show thee this also not as giving occasion to such as are about to believe or have now believed on the lord for they who have now believed are about to believe have no more repentance from their sins but have only remission of their former sins for them that were called before these days the lord appointed repentance because the lord knowing the hearts and foreknowing all things knew the weakness of men and the cunning craftiness of the devil how that he would do the servants of god some hurt and deal wickedly with them the lord therefore being full of compassion had compassion upon his handiwork and appointed this repentance and to me was given the power over this repentance but i say unto thee quoth he that after that great and solemn calling should any man being sorely tempted of the devil sin he hath one repentance but if he sin oft and repent it advantage not such an one for hardly shall he live i said to him i was quickened when i heard these things from thee thus perfectly for i know that if from henceforth i add no more to my sins i shall be saved Thou shalt be saved, quoth he, and so shall all who do these things. Chapter four. I asked him again, saying, Sir, seeing thou bearest with me thus far, show me further this also. Say on, quoth he. If, sir, quoth I, a wife or again a husband fall on sleep, and the other marry, doth he that marrieth commit sin? He sinneth not, quoth he but if one abide alone he winneth for himself more exceeding honour and great glory before the lord but if he marry he sinneth not do thou therefore maintain pureness and modesty and thou shalt live unto god all these things which i say i say unto thee observe henceforth from the day thou wast delivered unto me i will dwell in thy house and thou shalt have forgiveness of thy former transgressions if thou keep my commandments. Yea, and all shall have forgiveness, if they keep these my commandments, and walk in this purity. Fifth Mandate, Chapter 1 Be long-suffering and prudent, quoth he, and thou shalt have dominion over all wicked works, and shalt do all righteousness. For if thou be long-suffering, the Holy Spirit which dwelleth in thee shall be clear and not darkened over by another evil spirit. But dwelling at large, shall joy and rejoice with the vessel in which it dwelleth, and shall serve God with much gladness, having harmony within itself. But if any ill-temper approach, immediately the Holy Spirit, which is delicate, is straightened by not having clear space, and seeketh to depart from the place. For it is choked by the evil spirit, and hath not room to serve the Lord as it would, because it is foul mouthed by the ill temper. For the Lord dwelleth in forbearance, but the devil in passionateness. That both the spirits then should dwell together is unprofitable and evil for the man in whom they dwell. For if thou take and pour a little wormwood into a jar of honey, is not all the honey marred, and so much honey spoilt by that very little wormwood, which destroyeth the sweetness of the honey? so that it no longer hath the same flavor with its owner, because it is soured and hath lost its use. But if the wormwood be not dropped into the honey, the honey is found sweet, and is fit for its master's use. Thou seest then that patience is even sweeter than honey, and is useful to the Lord, and wherein he dwelleth. But impatience is bitter and useless. If then impatience be mingled with patience, THE PATIENCE IS CORRUPTED, AND THE MAN'S PRAYER IS USELESS TO GOD. I WOULD KNOW, SIR, QUOTH I, THE WORKING OF QUICK TEMPER, THAT I MAY KEEP MYSELF FROM IT. ASSUREDLY, QUOTH HE, EXCEPT THOU IN THY HOUSE, KEEP THYSELF THEREFROM, THOU HAST LOST ALL THY HOPE. BUT KEEP THEE FROM IT, FOR I AM WITH THEE. YEA, AND ALL SUCH AS REPENT WITH THEIR WHOLE HEART SHALL REFRAIN FROM IT for I will be with them, and will preserve them, seeing they were all justified by the most reverent angel. Chapter 2. Hear now, quoth he, the working of quick temper, how evil it is, and how it trippeth up the servants of God by its operation, and how it seduceth them from righteousness. Howbeit it seduceth them not that are full in the faith, neither can it take effect upon them, because the power of the lord is with them but it seduceth the empty and double-minded for when it seeth such men tranquil it creepeth privily into the heart of a man and for no cause at all the man or the woman is in bitterness because of the things of life whether about meats or some pettiness or about a friend or about giving and receiving or such like silly things For all these things are silly and vain, and foolish and unprofitable to the servants of God. But long-suffering is great and strong, hath mighty and firm power, and thriveth in great enlargement, is joyous, exalting, void of care, and glorifieth the Lord in all seasons. And it hath in itself no bitterness, but abideth continually meek and quiet." This long-suffering dwelleth with them whose faith is whole but quick temper is first silly and light and foolish then of folly is bred bitterness and of bitterness anger and of anger wrath and of wrath fury then fury being compounded of these many evils groweth to great and incurable sin for when all these spirits dwell in one vessel where also the holy spirit dwelleth that vessel holdeth them not but runneth over the delicate spirit then not being used to dwell with an evil spirit nor with violence withdraweth from such a man and seeketh to dwell with meekness and quietness then when it is departed from the man in whom it dwelt that man is emptied of the righteous spirit and being filled thenceforth with the evil spirits he is unstable in all his doing being drawn to and fro by the evil spirits and is quite blind in his sense of that which is good. Thus it happeneth to all who are quick-tempered. Keep thyself then from quick-temper, that, most evil spirit, and put on long-suffering, and resist impatience and bitterness, and thou shalt be found in fellowship with the reverence which is beloved of the Lord. See that thou never neglect this commandment, for if thou have the mastery of this commandment, thou shalt be able also to keep the rest of the commandments, which I shall command thee. Confirm and strengthen thyself in them, and let all strengthen themselves who would walk in them. Sixth Mandate, Chapter 1 I charge thee, quoth he, in the first commandment, to keep faith and fear and continence. Yea, sir, quoth I, but now, quoth he, I would show thee their powers also, that thou mayest understand what power and effect each of them hath, because their workings are twofold, for they relate to things righteous and unrighteous. Do thou then believe in what is righteous, and put no faith in the unrighteous? For the way of the righteous is straight, and the way of the unrighteous crooked. Walk thou in the straight and even way, and leave the crooked way, for the crooked way hath not paths but no ways, in many stumbling blocks, and it is rough and thorny. Therefore it is hurtful to them that go in it. But they who go by the straight way walk evenly and without offense, for it is neither rough nor thorny. Thou seest, then, that it is more expedient to walk in this way. It liketh me, sir, quoth I, to walk in this way. Thou shalt walk in it, quoth he, AND WHOSO TURNETH WITH ALL HIS HEART TO THE LORD SHALL WALK THEREIN. CHAPTER 2 HEAR NOW, QUOTH HE, ABOUT FAITH. THERE ARE TWO ANGELS WITH A MAN, ONE OF RIGHTEOUS AND THE OTHER OF WICKEDNESS. HOW THEN, SIR, QUOTH I, SHALL I KNOW THEIR OPERATIONS, SEEING THAT BOTH ANGELS DWELL WITH ME? HEARKEN, QUOTH HE, AND UNDERSTAND THEM. THE ANGEL OF RIGHTEOUSNESS IS DELICATE AND SHAMEFAST, AND MEEK AND QUIET. When, therefore, he cometh into thy heart, immediately he talketh with thee of righteousness, of pureness, of modesty, of contentment, of every just work and every honorable virtue. When all these things come into thy heart, know that the angel of righteousness is with thee. These are the works of the angel of righteousness. Have faith, therefore, in him and his works. Now see also the works of the angel of wickedness. First of all he is angry and bitter and foolish, and his works are evil, and overturn the servants of God. When this one therefore cometh into thy heart, know him from his works. Sir, quoth I, how may I know him I understand not? Hearken, quoth he, when any anger or bitterness come upon thee, know that he is in thee. Then, when a longing after many doings and costly excessive meats and strong drinks and frequent revilings and all manner of luxuries and unnecessary things and the desire of women and covetousness and pride and boasting and such things as are akin and like to these whensoever these things come into thy heart know that the angel of wickedness is with thee do thou therefore take advantage of his works and withdraw from him, and put no trust in him. Because his works are evil and inexpedient for the servants of God, thou hast then the operations of both angels, understand them, and have faith in the angel of righteousness, and withdraw from the angel of wickedness. Because his teaching is evil in every work. For though a man be faithful, yet if the thought of this angel come into his heart, that man or woman, must needs fall into some sin. Countrywise, be a man or woman ever so wicked, if the works of the angel of righteousness come into their heart, of necessity they must do something good. Thou seest then, quoth he, that it is good to follow the angel of righteousness, and to take leave of the angel of wickedness. This commandment showeth the things concerning faith, to the end that thou mayest believe the works of the angel of righteousness, and doing them mayest live unto God, and believe that the works of the angel of wickedness are grievous, and so by not doing them thou shalt live unto God. Seventh Mandate Fear the Lord, quoth he, and keep his commandments, and while thou keepest the commandments of God, thou shalt be able, in all that thou doest, and by doing shall be beyond compare for fearing the lord thou shalt do all things well this is the fear which thou must fear that so thou mayest be saved but fear not the devil for if thou fear the lord thou shalt have dominion over the devil because there is no power in him there is no fear of one who hath no power in him but if one have glorious power There is also fear of him, for whoso hath power hath fear, but he that hath not power is despised of all. Nevertheless, fear the works of the devil, because they are evil. For fear of the Lord, then, thou shalt fear the works of the devil, and not do them, but refrain from them. There are, therefore, two kinds of fear, if thou be minded to do evil. Fear the Lord, and thou shalt not do it. Or if again thou be minded to do good, Fear the Lord, and thou shalt do it. So then, the fear of the Lord is strong and great and glorious. Fear the Lord, therefore, and thou shalt live unto him, And all who keep his commandments and fear him shall live unto God. Wherefore, sir, quoth I, Sayest thou concerning them that observe his commandments, They shall live unto God? Because, quoth he, the whole creation feareth the Lord, but doth not keep his commandments, such as both fear him and keep his commandments, to them belong the life with God. But they that keep not his commandments, neither have they life in him. Eighth mandate. I told thee, quoth he, that the creatures of God are twofold, for even temperance is twofold, because in some things a man ought to be temperate but in some he ought not. Acquaint me, sir, quoth I, in what things it is right to be temperate, and in what things not. Hearken, quoth he, be temperate in evil, and do it not, and in good be not temperate, but do it. For if thou be temperate, and do not good, thou committest great sin. But if thou be temperate, and do not evil, thou workest great righteousness. Wherefore, abstain from all wickedness, and do good. Of what sort, sir, quoth I, are the wickednesses from which we must abstain? Here, quoth he, from adultery, from fornication, from lawless drunkenness, from evil luxury, from many meats, and lavish expense, and vaunting, and arrogance, and haughtiness, and from falsehood, and slander, and hypocrisy, and remembrance of wrong, And all blasphemy. These deeds are the most evil of all in the life of men. From these deeds, therefore, the servant of God must abstain, for he who doth not contain himself from all these cannot live unto God. Hear, therefore, the things subsequent upon these. What, sir, quoth I, are there yet other evil deeds? Yea, many there be, quoth he, from which the servant of God must abstain theft lying fraud false witness covetousness evil concupiscence deceit vainglory boastfulness and all such things as are like unto these thinkest thou not that these things are evil yea very evil quoth he for the servants of god from all these he that serveth god must abstain abstain therefore from all these that thou mayest live unto God, and be inscribed with them, that abstain therefrom. These, then, are the things from which it behoveth thee to abstain. Here also, quoth he, the things thou shouldest not abstain from, but do them. Abstain not from good, but do it. Sir, quoth I, show me also the power of good things, that I may walk in them, and serve them, to the end that in doing them I may be able to be saved. Here, quoth he, the works of goodness also, which thou must do and not abstain from. First of all faith, fear of the Lord, love, concord, words of righteousness, truth, patience. There is nothing better than these in the life of men. If a man keep these and abstain not from them, he shall be happy in his life. Next, hear the things subsequent upon these, to minister to widows, to visit orphans and the needy, to redeem the servants of God from necessities, to love hospitality, for in hospitality may haply be found well doing, to be opposed to no man, to be quiet, to make thyself poorer than all men, to reverence the aged, to practise righteousness, to preserve brotherhood, to endure despite, to be long suffering, not to have remembrance of wrong, to comfort the weary in soul not to cast away them that have stumbled from the faith, but to convert and cheer them, to admonish sinners, not to oppress poor debtors, and if there be any other things like unto these. Seem these things to thee, quoth he, to be good? Yea, for what, sir, quoth I, what can be better than these? Walk then, quoth he, in them, and abstain not from them, and thou shalt live unto God. Keep therefore this commandment, If thou do good, and abstain not from it, thou shalt live unto God, and all shall live unto God who do so. And again, if thou do not evil, but abstain from it, thou shalt live unto God, and they shall all live unto God who keep these commandments, and walk in them. Ninth mandate. He said to me, Put away from thee double-mindedness, and doubt not to ask anything at all from God, saying within thyself, How can I ask and receive anything from the Lord, who have so greatly sinned against him? Reason not thus with thyself, but with all thy heart turn to the Lord, and ask of him without doubting, and thou shalt know his much compassion, how that he will not forsake thee, but will fulfill the request of thy soul. For God is not as men who bear malice, but he remembereth not wrong and pitieth his handiwork. Do thou therefore cleanse thy heart from all the vanities of this world and the things before spoken of to thee, and ask of the Lord, and thou shalt receive all things, and shalt not be disappointed of any of thy requests, if thou ask of the Lord without doubting. But if thou doubt in thy heart, Thou shalt surely not receive any of thy requests. For they who doubt toward God, these are the double minded, and they obtain nothing at all of their petitions. But such as are whole in the faith ask all things trusting on the Lord, and they receive because they ask confidently, nothing doubting. For every man of doubtful mind, except he repent, shall hardly be saved. Cleanse therefore thy heart from doubtfulness. And put on faith, for she is strong, and trust God that thou shalt receive all thy petitions which thou askest. And if at any time, when thou hast made a request of the Lord, thou shalt receive it somewhat slowly, doubt not because thou didst not receive the request of thy soul speedily. For it is surely because of some temptation or some trespass which thou art not aware of that thou receivest thy request the more slowly. Do thou therefore cease not to make the request of thy soul, and thou shalt receive it. But if thou faint, and be of doubtful mind, when thou askest, blame thyself, and not him that giveth unto thee. Mark this double-mindedness, for it is evil and without understanding, and rooteth up many from the faith, though they be very faithful and strong. For this double-mindedness is a daughter of the devil, and dealeth very wickedly with the servants of God. Therefore despise it, and have dominion over it in all things, putting on faith which is strong and mighty. For faith promiseth all things, perfecteth all things, but double-mindedness, mistrusting herself, faileth in all her works which she enterpriseth. Thou seest then, quoth he, that faith is from above, from the Lord, and hath great power, but double-mindedness is an earthly spirit from the devil, and hath no power. Do thou therefore serve faith which hath power, and keep thyself from doubt which hath no power, and thou shalt live unto God, and all shall live unto God, who are thus minded. Tenth Mandate. Put away sorrow from thee, quoth he, FOR SHE IS A SISTER OF DOUBLE-MINDEDNESS, AND QUICK-TEMPER. HOW, SIR, QUOTH I, can SHE BE SISTER TO THESE? FOR QUICK-TEMPER SEEMETH TO ME TO BE ONE THING, AND DOUBLE-MINDEDNESS ANOTHER, AND SORROW ANOTHER. THOU ART A FOOLISH fellow, QUOTH HE, PERCEIVEST THOU NOT THAT SORROW IS WORSE THAN ALL THE SPIRITS, AND MOST DREADFUL TO THE SERVANTS OF GOD, AND CORRUPTETH A MAN MORE THAN ALL THE SPIRITS? and weareth out the Holy Spirit, and again saveth. Sir, quoth I, I am foolish, and understand not these parables, for how can it wear out, and again save, I perceive not. Here, quoth he, they who never searched about the truth, nor inquired diligently concerning the things of God, but believed only, and were mixed up with business and wealth, and heathen friendships, and many other affairs of this world. Such, I say, as are intent upon these things, understand not the parables of divinity, for they are darkened by these employments, and they decay and grow barren. Even as goodly vineyards, when they meet with neglect, are made barren by thorns and all manner of weeds. So do men, who after they have believed, fall into these many doings, before said, wander from their mind, and apprehend nothing at all about righteousness. For when they hear the things of God in truth, their mind is sunk in their business, and they understand nothing at all. But they who have fear of God and search about divinity and truth have their heart set unto the Lord, do more quickly perceive and understand all the things said to them, because they have the fear of the Lord within them. For where the Lord dwelleth, there is also much understanding. Cleave therefore unto the Lord, and thou shalt understand and apprehend all things. Chapter 2 Hear now, quoth he, O foolish man, how sorrow weareth out the Holy Spirit, and again saveth. When the double-minded man setteth himself to any business, and faileth in it because of his double-mindedness, this same sorrow entereth into the man, and grieveth and weareth out the Holy Spirit. Then again, Whenever quick temper hath joined itself to a man in respect of some matter, he is in some bitterness. Again sorrow entereth into the heart of the man that was angered, and he is grieved at his deed which he did, and repenteth at having wrought evil. This sorrow then seemeth to have salvation, because when he had done evil he repented. Both behaviors therefore grieve the spirit, doubting, because... It had not good success in its doing, and anger likewise because it wrought evil. Both are grievous to the Spirit of God, double-mindedness and passionateness. Therefore remove sorrow from thy heart, and afflict not the Holy Spirit which dwelleth in thee, lest it make intercession against thee with God, and depart from thee. For the Spirit of God, which was given to be in this flesh, beareth neither sorrow nor straightness. Chapter 3 Put on joy, therefore, which always hath favor with God, and is acceptable to Him, and delight thou in her. For every joyful man worketh good things, and mindeth good things, and despiseth sorrow. But the sorrowful man always does wickedly. For he doeth wickedly because he grieveth the Holy Spirit, which when it was given to man was joyful and secondarily in grieving the holy spirit he worketh iniquity neither praying nor making confession to god for the power of a sorrowful man hath never power to ascend to the altar of god wherefore quoth i doth the prayer of one who is sorrowful not ascend to the altar because quoth he sorrow coucheth in his heart which sorrow then being mingled with his intercession suffereth it not to go up pure to the altar. For as wine, when vinegar is mixed with it, hath not the same pleasantness, so likewise, when sorrow is mixed with the Holy Spirit, it hath not the same power of intercession. Cleanse thyself, therefore, from this evil sorrow, and thou shalt live unto God, and all shall live unto God, as many as put away sadness from them, and put on all joyfulness. Eleventh Mandate chapter one he showed me men sitting on a bench and another man sitting on a chair and he said to me seest thou them that sit on the bench i see them sir quoth i these quoth he are faithful but he that sitteth on the chair is a false prophet who destroyeth the sense of the servants of god to wit of the double-minded but not of the faithful These men of two minds then come to him as a soothsayer, and ask him what haply shall befall them and the false prophet, having in himself no power of the divine spirit. Answereth them according to their demands and according to their unholy desires, and filleth their souls even as they wish. For being himself void, he giveth void answers to the void. Because whatsoever he be asked, he answereth according to the emptiness of the man yet he speaketh some true words also for the devil filleth him with his spirit that peradventure he may be able to break some one of the righteous as many therefore as have put on the truth and are strong in the faith of the lord cleave not to such spirits but keep away from them but men who are of two minds and often repent Use divination like the heathen, and bring upon themselves the greater sin by their idolatry. For he that inquireth of a false prophet about any matter is an idolater, and void of the truth, and foolish. For any spirit given of God is not inquired of, but having the power of the Godhead, it speaketh all things of itself, because it is from above, from the power of the Divine Spirit. But the spirit that is inquired of, and speaketh according to the desires of men, is earthly, and light, and hath no power, and it speaketh not all except it be inquired of. How then, sir, quoth I, shall a man know which of them is a prophet, and which is a false prophet? Here, quoth he, concerning both the prophets, and as I will now tell thee, so shalt thou prove the prophet and the false prophet. From his life prove thou the man that hath the divine spirit. First, he that hath the divine spirit, which is from above, is meek and peaceable and lowly, and refraineth himself from every wickedness and vain desire of this world. And he that maketh himself more needy than all men, and answereth nothing to any when inquired of, and speaketh not solitary, neither when a man would speak doth the Holy Spirit speak, but when God willeth, that he should speak, then he speaketh. Whensoever therefore the man who hath the Divine Spirit cometh into a synagogue of just men, who have faith in the Divine Spirit, and the congregation of those men make their prayer unto God, then the angel of the prophetic Spirit, which besetteth him, filleth the man, and the man being filled with the Holy Spirit, speaketh to the multitude as the Lord willeth. Thus then shall the Spirit of the Godhead be manifest. Concerning the divine Spirit of the Lord, such is its power. Hear now, quoth he, about the Spirit that is earthly and void and hath no power, but is foolish. First, the man who thinketh that he hath the Spirit exalteth himself and wisheth to have the preeminence, and straightway he is heady and shameless and full of talk and conversant among many luxuries and other deceits. And he receiveth higher for his prophecy, and if he receive not, he prophesieth not. Can then a divine spirit receive higher in prophecy? It cannot be that a prophet of God should do this, but the spirit of such prophets is earthly. And then he never at all approacheth an assembly of righteous men, but fleeth from them. And he joineth himself to the double-minded and empty, and prophesieth unto them in corners, and deceiveth them by speaking in all things emptily, according to their lusts. For it is to the empty that he replieth. Because an empty vessel set with empty ones is not crushed, but they agree one with another. When, however, he cometh to a full assembly of just men, who have the divine spirit, and intercession is made by them, that man is emptied and the earthly spirit fleeth away from him for fear and the man is struck dumb and utterly crushed not being able to speak a word for if thou pack jars of wine or oil in a cellar and put an empty jar among them and afterwards wish to unpack the cellar the jar which was put away empty will be found still empty and so the empty prophets when they come to the spirits of just men are found such as they came. Thou hast now the life of both prophets. From his life and works then, prove the man who saith that he is possessed of the Spirit. And believe thou the Spirit that cometh from God and hath power. And put no trust in the earthly and void Spirit, because there is no power in it, for it cometh from the devil. Hear this parable which I will speak unto thee, take and throw a stone at the heaven and see if thou canst touch it or again take a siphon of water and spout it at heaven and see if thou canst bore the heaven how sir quoth i can these things be for both these things thou hast spoken are impossible as then quoth he these things are impossible so earthly spirits are unable and impotent Take now the power that cometh from above. Hail is a very small grain, and when it falleth upon a man's head, what pain it giveth. Or again, take the drops that fall upon the ground from the tiling, and bore the stone. Thou seest then that the smallest things falling from above to earth have great power. Even so, the divine spirit coming from above is powerful. Believe therefore this spirit, and from the other refrain. Twelfth Mandate, Chapter 1 He said to me, Put away from thee every evil desire, and put on the good and holy desire. For having put on this desire, thou shalt hate the evil desire, and shalt curb it as thou wilt. For the evil desire is fierce and hard to tame. For it is fearful, and by its fierceness it wasteth men exceedingly especially if a servant of god fall into it and be not prudent he is wasted by it terribly and it wasteth such as have not the garment of a good desire but are entangled in this world these it delivereth unto death of what kind sir quoth i are the works of the evil desire which deliver men over unto death acquaint me that i may refrain from them here quoth he By what works the evil desire slayeth the servants of God? Chapter 2 Foremost of all is the desire for another's wife or husband, and for much outlay of wealth, and for diverse vain meats and strong drinks, and many other foolish luxuries. For all luxury is foolish and vain to the servants of God. These desires, then, are evil, and slay the servants of God. For this evil desire is daughter to the devil. Ye ought therefore to refrain from evil desires, that by refraining ye may live unto God. But as many are overmastered by them, and withstand them, not perish utterly. For these desires are deadly. But do thou put on the desire of righteousness, and being fully armed with the fear of the Lord, withstand them. For the fear of the Lord dwelleth in the good desire, the evil desire if she see thee armed in the fear of god and withstanding her will flee far from thee and no more be seen of thee being in fear of thy arms do thou then when thou hast triumphed over her come to the desire of righteousness and yielding up to her the victory thou hast won serve her even as she willeth if thou serve the good desire and be subject to her Thou shalt be able to have dominion over the evil desire, and to subdue her even as thou wilt. Chapter 3 I would know, sir, quoth I, by what behavior I must serve the good desire. Here, quoth he, work righteousness and virtue, truth and fear of the Lord, faith and meekness, and whatsoever good things are like unto these. If thou do these things, thou shalt be a well-pleasing servant of God and shalt live unto him, and every one who serveth good desire shall live unto God. So he made an end of the twelve commandments, and said unto me, Thou hast these commandments, walk therein, and exhort them that hear, that their repentance may be pure the rest of the days of their life. Do thy diligence to accomplish this ministry which I give thee, and thou shalt do much, For thou shalt find favour with those who are about to repent and they shall be persuaded by thy words for i will be with thee and will constrain them to obey thee i said to him sir these commandments are great and fair and glorious and able to rejoice the heart of the man who can observe them but i wot not if these commandments can be kept by a man because they are exceeding hard he answered and said to me If thou put it to thyself that they can be kept, thou shalt keep them easily, and they will not be hard. But if it enter thy heart that they cannot be kept by a man, thou wilt not keep them. Now therefore I say unto thee, if thou keep them not, but neglect them, thou shalt not have salvation, neither thy children nor thy house, since thou hast already judged for thyself that these commandments cannot be kept by a man. Chapter 4. These things he said to me very wrathfully, so that I was confounded and in great fear of him. For his form was changed, so that a man could not bear his wrath. But seeing me all troubled and put to confusion, he began to speak to me more gently and pleasantly, and said, O foolish, unwise, and double-minded man, perceivest thou not the glory of God? How great and strong and marvelous it is, For he created the world for the sake of man, and put all his creation in subjection to man, and gave him all authority to rule over all things under heaven. If then, quoth he, man is lord of the creatures of God, and hath dominion over them all, can he not have dominion over these commandments also? The man, quoth he, who hath the Lord in his heart, is able to have dominion over all things, and all these commandments but they who have the Lord on their lips and their heart hardened and who are far from the Lord, to them these commandments are difficult and hard to walk in. Set ye therefore the Lord in your hearts, ye that are empty and light in the faith, and ye shall know that there is nothing easier nor sweeter nor gentler than these commandments. Turn again ye that walk in the commandments of the devil, that are so hard and bitter and wild and wanton, And fear not the devil, because in him there is no power against you. For I, the angel of repentance, who have dominion over him, will be with you. The devil hath only fear, and his fear hath no force. Fear him not, therefore, and he shall flee from you. Chapter 5 I said to him, Sir, hear a few words from me. Say, quoth he, what thou desirest man sir quoth i is zealous to keep the commandments of god and there is none that prayeth not of the lord to be made strengthened in his commandments and made obedient to them but the devil is strong and overpowereth them he is not able quoth he to overpower the servants of god who hope on him with all their heart the devil can wrestle with them but cannot overthrow them if therefore ye withstand him he shall be conquered and flee from you ashamed but such as are empty quoth he fear the devil as if he had power when a man hath filled a great plenty of jars with good wine and among those jars are a few somewhat empty he cometh to the jars and looketh not at the full ones for he knoweth that they are full but he looketh at the empty ones for fear they should have turned sour. For jars that are not full soon turn sour, and the sweet savour of the wine is lost. Even so the devil cometh to all the servants of God, making trial of them. Such then as are full in the faith resist him stoutly, and he departeth from them, finding no place to enter. Then he cometh to the empty ones, and finding broom he entereth into them, and he worketh in them what he desireth, and they become bondmen unto him. Chapter 6 But I, the angel of repentance, say unto you, Fear not the devil, for I was sent, quoth he, to be with such of you as repent with their whole heart, and to make them strong in the faith. Trust God, therefore, ye that have despaired of your life, and added to your sins, and are weighing down your life. That if ye turn to the Lord with all your heart, and do righteousness the rest of the days of your life, and serve him rightly according to his will, he will heal your former sins, and ye shall have power to have dominion over the works of the devil. And fear not at all the threatening of the devil, for he is slack like the sinews of a corpse. Hearken to me, therefore, and fear him who is all able to save and to destroy, and observe these commandments and ye shall live unto God. I said to him, Sir, now I am strengthened in all the ordinances of the Lord, because thou art with me, and I know that thou wilt break all the power of the devil, and we shall have dominion over him and prevail over all his works. I hope, sir, that I am able now to keep these commandments which thou hast commanded, the Lord enabling me. Thou shall keep them, quoth he, if thy heart be pure unto the Lord, and all who cleanse their hearts from the vain desires of this world shall keep them, and they shall live unto God. End of the Mandates